Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Acting class is just one way to learn about acting. Today we're going to show you some others. Hello, for $10,000, who should... Excuse me? Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Hello, everybody. Hello. We were just having like a crazy discussion during the little thing. Sean and I, our communication is wild. It's It's crazy. We can sit across this table and do very well, but besides that, like texts, phone calls, there's so many charades and Pictionary. Yeah, like misunderstandings and crazy. But we study each other's. We study each other's behavior, and there's nothing but love. That's why I call her Roxy Stryer, my co-host, Ms. Phenomenal. Oh, thank How you very you? much. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And uh, producing our show today, as always, is Mr. Funtabulous, Jeff Graham. Guys, very excited to learn about some behavior today. Yes, yes, we're going to study behavior. Listen, you live in a place, possibly, that just doesn't have a lot of acting classes. Or, considering what we talked about last week... You don't have the time. It's not in your budget. There's no real way to get that going right now. And you don't want to wait six months, a year. You want to get started. Well, here's a way to get started. Now, am I saying that you can be an excellent actor without ever training? Probably not. But for a while, if you can't do it for at least a little while, uh, at least a year or two, you can use these to help you start getting the mindset. You have to get in the understanding of what an actor is. I liken it to a a photographer, right? You're going to look at things differently than, say, you or I. You'd look at the lighting and things like that a lot differently. So you want to get into that headspace, and I'm going to show you some nuts and bolts things to get into that headspace. But before we do that... I would like to talk about my week. Um, I had some other things happen this week. I had, I did get a call back for that uh, sh- uh, audition that I said was nine pages and long, and I had a great experience and let me rehearse. I did, thank you very much. They actually brought me in for a different part because they said, we love what he did with this. We want to see what he does with this. Which was very nice, and Real I quick, did. Sean, I'm yes, curious, sir. Is that common that like you get called in an audition for something? Because I feel like that happens to you all the time. Well, you know what? It, I mean, we just literally talked about it on Magnum PI how they switched my role. For I think it's the blessing and the curse, honestly, Mister Fantabulous, of being a character actor that they see you can do anything. So they throw more stuff at you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's exciting in one way, but sometimes it can be a little disappointing because you're like, oh, I wanted to play the regular guy, and now I'm 
they're putting me into the goofy guy. Is that in this scenario? In or? this scenario, they've had me the regular guy, which is nice for me, a little bit different for me. But then they wanted me to see me do the goofy guy. And I was like, you know, I've done the goofy guy and I feel like I can do it well. I would like to try to play more of a regular guy type thing. So we'll see. It happens. You know, and I've done kind of regular guy stuff before with with usually a little quirk. But I'd love to get into just regular guy. When you get called in and you're kind of preferring regular guy and then they ask you to come read for goofy guy, do you self-sabotage at all? No. I actually try to really nail the other one to I like let's I had a scruff on right the first time because I was supposed to be a worn out TV producer beaten down by the system. And then the second time I'm supposed to be an overly eager kind of paranoid people pleaser person. And so I shaved. I wore glasses. I wore kind of different. And I, so I had a completely different vibe just to say regardless. What if they don't get me for either one of those? They can go, well, this guy's great. We've got to write him something or we'll find him something in the season. So I would say no. I actually try a little harder to show how varied and, you know, what a range I have. So before we do uh, our subject matter for this week, I'd like to talk about my friend Sam Lloyd. He was on the show Scrubs. He played the sad sack lawyer. He was a, a big musical part of the show. Did either of you guys watch Scrubs I very do. much? So you know who he is. I who do. sang all the great songs um, with the blanks. So funny. Their renditions of everything. And, you watched? Uh, I watched all their... I didn't watch the show very much, but I watched every one of their clips on the show. Like was Just like Ted? six months ago. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was really, really fun to watch. And he's just he's so f- ridiculously talented. He's ridiculously talented. So funny. Uh, such a good friend of mine. Um, and we've been friends since the Growlings for over 30 years. Were you guys in main company together? Sunday show together. Sunday show. So, so great. And we've just spent years laughing. I just worked with him on his musical recently. Uh, I, I spoke about it with you recently. And uh, his... He recently got married. His wife got pregnant. And then 10 weeks after the baby was born, he was diagnosed with inoperable brain cancer stemming from his lungs, spread it in his jaw and his liver. A very scary diagnosis for a new father. And had he previously had cancer? No. And so his friends got together and. They set up a meal service where we're going to go over and bring him meals. Everybody signed up to take their turn. I'm going to do it in March. And then one of the producers of the TV show started to go fund me. Of Scrubs. Of Scrubs. Because he's going to need child care. And, and the fallacy is that people are like, oh, they're so rich. They have all the money anyway. That's kind of not the way it goes. If you're a character actor, you're middle class. Um, and regardless, as we know that these kind of things take a huge financial hit as well as personal. And so his poor wife is going to have to deal with the husband who has cancer and a brand new 10 week old baby. So they set up a GoFundMe and within 48 hours, they reached above their goal of a hundred thousand dollars. And there were comments from all over the world that just said how much they loved him, how much they made him laugh, how they didn't i mean people from australia south africa europe it was just so moving to see and it really made me realize that we sometimes get a bad rap that we're egotistical self-centered actors yeah. actors yeah it's all about us and 
we do these pointless jobs. But I guess it really wanted me, shook me to talk to people who are trying to get into acting and say, don't do it for those reasons. Do it because you actually touch people's lives. If you're having fun and giving your gift out there to the world, you're going to touch people. And it's all, it was almost like a wonderful life situation where you realize how many people care about you in one of your toughest times. And what we do kind of matters that way. So don't go into it half-heartedly. Don't go into it with a shallow point of view. Go into it because you love it, but also realize that what you're doing is going to affect people. You're going to end up in their living rooms. You're going to end up on their first date with their friends. You're going to uh, end up being on their phone on a subway. Something they share with their children or their grandparents. Exactly. They don't know how else to relate. I've or... had similar stories, which I'll say for a different time. Fans come and telling me some very powerful stories, but it just goes to show you. And the other part of it, the main part of it, the reason everybody jumped to it is Sam's just a lovely person. He was always wonderful to work with, always funny, makes everybody laugh, touches everybody. So it was kind of a a wonderful type of, I don't know how to put it, uh, validation of what we do and Have you spoken why it to him matters. since he saw the, the um, $100,000 plus that he got? He sent out a letter to everybody just thanking him and he was said you know i read those things for several hours and was in tears you know and was so touched by other people who were going through these i mean people just throwing in ten dollars or whatever say hey you made me laugh for six years here's ten dollars you know what i mean so it was it was very sweet it was very sweet Uh, thoughts on that mr fantabulous i it's incredibly moving i was just reading some of the gofundme comments that people are leaving and it's stuff like the opportunity to thank, let alone help a talented person who's uplifted my life with laughter must be taken. You've touched yeah. many more people than you'll ever know, and I'm glad I was one of them. Live well. And this is funny if you watch the show. And tell the cancer to walk away, bitch. <laughs> is it's, that one of his taglines? Yeah. It's just, it's very, I think if any actors are struggling right now, hop on this GoFundMe and read the comments because I'm getting kind of emotional reading them in here. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's very moving. So I'm not saying, oh, we're the great, we're the greatest people. We save the world. But what we do does matter more than you know, getting rich or getting famous. Completely. So completely. And as a and as a five second PSA to everybody out there who's starting a GoFundMe, this is what they're supposed to be for. Yeah. For people who really need help in this kind of time. Not for throwing a party yeah. or not for the things that I've seen people start putting them out there for. Sure. For people who have touched you and helped your life in any kind of way who really could use your extra support right now. And I'm, I'm glad to see that his yeah. uh, his uh, goal was met. And I hope yeah. it really helps his life and his wife and his child. Yeah. And if you they're still taking contributions, just go to GoFundMe. Look up Sam Lloyd. You'll find it. So let's jump in. Big weird transition. No, thanks for but, sharing that, though, Sean. <laughs> but you. jumping in to how do I study if I can't get into an acting class? There's things you can do, and let's just walk you through it. First off, acting is the study of human behavior and the responsiveness of how we act with each other and getting in touch with our emotions. So get a notebook, very simply, and start to study human behavior. So what do I mean by that? 
take your notebook, go somewhere where people are, and do yourself a favor. Just observe one person. One person. And by the way they're acting, meaning their behavior, their voice, their uh, slouching, standing, um, facial expressions, what do you feel their emotion is? So you just write down, he's angry. And why? Because he's yelling into a cell phone. He's gesturing wildly. And you can just study. That's what you get from him. He's angry. So do that for a little while, one by one, maybe a few days. and just Coffee keep... shop, park, bar. Coffee shop, park, bar. I love grocery stores. Love grocery stores because it's just such a place where everybody has to be. And there's a cross, you know, from the richest person in the world to the poorest person in the world to all ethnicities, we all have to eat. So it's a great place to go to, grocery store as well. And then there's parents with kids and couples. Everything's there. So I like those as well. And everyone has one of those nearby. And then after doing that for a little while, observe two people. Observe two people. And, and how they interact or two separate they, people? Two, great question. Two people together and how they're interacting and how one is affecting the other person. Like me at that break, I was trying to tell you something. You didn't understand what I was saying. And so if someone was watching still us. Still super unclear. Still super unclear. Still super which unclear. I, will, I will clarify after the show. Uh, but, <laughs> it looked like this. Yeah, it looked and like super crazy. For you iTunes crazy. listeners, I'm yeah. throwing my hand. Yeah, she's throwing her hand and she had no idea what I was saying. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to just tell her this great thing. And she wasn't getting it. So if you were watching us, you would say, he's thinking he's very clear. She's confused. To clarify it, he does more stuff that's even more confusing. And, and you then would maybe a little hint of frustration. A little hint of frustration. Yeah. Hint of frustration. And let on, me just on, say, on both of us. If you were a muted producer in the booth watching your panel <laughs> do this, you might be panicking that the world is literally ending in front of your eyes. That's all hypothetical. But, but see, you were observing our behavior, and you must have been thinking something weird's going Something's on. Something's wrong. Most yeah. certainly. Yeah. yeah. And it was not a big deal whatsoever. But what's great is it doesn't matter... If you're right or wrong, it just matters what you're getting from what the behavior, like. what it looks like to you and how it hits you. Then the no- next thing to do is start to build your imagination. And a great way to do that is make up a story with that interaction. Uh, like uh, Mr. Fantabulous could have been said, uh-oh, there's something wrong with his headphones. The, his paper's not there. He has no idea what he's talking about. You know, he can there's make a up a story. The there's a spider in the studio. Anything like that. So – you can make up a story you with that, and then the last thing you want to do after a few weeks is then see how it makes you feel. So, Mister Fantabulous, after a few weeks, after a few weeks of building from one person to two people, oh, you don't go, you don't think about an interaction that happened a few weeks ago and think how it makes no, no, you no, feel no. now. You, you build to the level you're where building. now, when you're looking at people, you're looking at two, three, maybe even five people, and see how it makes you feel. A perfect example was a student of mine was watching a couple eating a very silent dinner, very tense, staring at each other other, and felt very sad because she felt they must be in a fight or they've lost love or – but she started to open yourself up to see how you feel. So you can do that with anybody just like a painter would study colors and canvases. That's what you study as people. And it's really fun. It just takes people – watching to a new level. What's interesting is that uh, if you're listening to this right now and you're wherever in the world you are, you might already be doing this. I remember being 13 years old and going out to lunch with my friends and looking at other tables and we would say to each other, 
do you think they're on a first date? Are they siblings? Right, of is course. That mom and dad. What like what yeah. is their relationship? We kind of do they that talking anyway. About what yeah. is this? We kind of are as humans. We're interested in that, or some of us are, and the ones who are right. usually are curious about human behavior. Yes, exactly. Um, also, the next thing you should do, in addition, not not instead, w- instead, exactly. Just read books about acting, acting teachers, and actors. So one that is a great one is Real Life Drama, and it is about the 1930s New York where all the reality type of acting came from Stanislavski in Russia, and it was the birth of realistic, naturalistic method acting. Really good book on the history of that. Couple people, if you can't get your hands on that one, Uta Hagen. She has a book called uh, Respect for Acting. Sandy Meisner has one. Bill Espers has one on the Meisner technique. Also on acting, um, an Elia Kazan, A Life. These are all good books. I to actually raise. think that most of them are on Audible as well. If you any can of probably, you guys have them there, yeah. I like to listen in my car as I'm driving yeah. places. And I think if you pay, it's like 15 bucks a month, you get one book for free. Yeah. And then there's discounts on other ones. I've been obsessed with that because yeah, I'm somebody great. who's always on the go and I don't have time a lot of times to, right, sit, to down. sit down. But then afterwards, after I get where I'm going, I leave five minutes to take notes so that it really processes right. for me. Right. Uh, listen, listen to your headphones as you walk to the grocery store to observe people. Yeah. You know? You can double up on some of that. Double up on some of that stuff. Biographies, which are really good. There's so many. There's so many. But I'm just giving you what to start with. This is kind of the, if you can do the minimal. And these are my recommendations. Of course, there's many. Do you listen for your friends to recommend and you wait till they read them? Or how do you pick which I like to go. What I did was do what you did. I went to Audible and I just put in acting biographies. And then I did a lot of music uh, artists first. I did Bruce Springsteen and a bunch of other ones. Then I moved Any into Gene acting. Gene Simmons, his are wild. No, I did not. Never listen to his. But I loved Keith I Richards. Five. Mm. And I and I said this to everyone who said, "What do you think of that book?" And I said, "Everyone jokes that he should be dead, but the answer is he should be dead. Yeah. He actually should be because he's he lived in a house where it blew up and he dove out of the window naked." On Laurel Canyon. Same. So, yeah, well, duh. Who hasn't? <laughs> Who hasn't? Anyway, biographies, <laughs> I'm going to give you two. They're very different, but it's a great start. A Life in Parts by Brian Cranston, a really great book. Um, he talks about acting in all the different roles he's done and how he moved through them. Really fantastic book. And then a completely different tone kind of book, but... Also, another great creative journey, Tina Fey, Bossy Pants. Really good. Both are very, very good. Just a good stepping stone into the world. Now we move on to Nuts and Bolts, where we really study the structure of stories and the way stories are told and how people's interactions build and escalate and change based on their point of view and start conflict by reading plays. So I'm going to give you just a few playwrights that I think are essential. How did you pick these ones? Uh, just from being in the business for a long time and these are what you feel acting. like are most commonly referenced, or, uh, or yes, this is and what's I, helped they your kind of like the both. 
but also kind of a cornerstone of theater, like the basics, if that makes sense. So Shakespeare, obviously. Um, the best Shakespeare plays, you know, read all of them if you can. If you cannot, try to do a comedy, a tragedy, a, a historical, and here are a few suggestions. Romeo and Juliet, so known, so uh, often talked about when people meet each other, directors, um, producers, they'll reference this in class all the time. Julius Caesar, a historical, along with King Richard III, and uh, one of the comedies, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Just if, uh, yeah. I'm saying the bare minimum, bare minimum. Quick tip for you guys, in case you don't have a teacher who's teaching these to you and you're a little afraid of Shakespeare, because it can be intimidating if sure. you don't understand language, especially if you're a teenager out there listening to this, you've never tried Shakespeare before. I read all the No Fear Shakespeare's. Did you okay. ever see those? No. It's basically, it has on the right side, it's Shakespeare. Text. And on the left side, it has all of exactly yeah. the actual words. And on the left side, paragraph by paragraph translations and explaining to you. What's happening. What is happening and why yeah. it means that. But I wouldn't read it as a cheat. I would read it as a. Right. Supplement. Okay, yeah. As a supplement. I'm, I'm like, do I, am I understanding this? I just want to make sure that I'm right. getting what this means. And then you would read the left side. And sometimes I'd be right. And sometimes I'd be wrong. Yeah. Uh, and it was really helpful for me when I didn't have a coach or a teacher explaining yes. how Shakespeare worked. Exactly. Really good. Another few uh, very prominent American playwrights, Tennessee Williams, um, Southern Gothic. Uh, examples of that would be Streetcar Named Desire, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Glass Menagerie, most famous plays. Neil Simon is kind of the New York neurotic, fun, fast-paced comedies. Uh, the Odd Couple, Plaza Suite is great. It's a bunch of three short plays, but it really gives a tone of his style. And Biloxi Blues. Uh, Arthur Miller, I could, you know, I was stuck between Arthur Miller and Eugene O'Neill. Both are pretty prominent playwrights. Why did you go with Arthur Miller? Just because I feel like Death of a Salesman is kind of, it's, you know what, it's a personal favorite. Too. It's a preference for you. Yeah, Arthur Miller. But again, none of these are wrong. These are just my suggestions, which I think start. make a lot of sense to start. Death of a Salesman, All My Sons, and The Crucible. Those are all essential kind of Arthur Miller plays, the most famous, the ones people talk about the most. Also, August Wilson, uh, Fences, who was just redone um, Denzel by Washington. Denzel Washington, and The Piano Lesson. And oh God, was that play better than that movie? Really? Did you check out the movie? I liked the movie. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it just made it me was yearn just for the play. It was the play, but it was just it, a play, right? Right. Uh, so it, it I he just didn't turn it into accurate a film. medium for. It. Yeah, he did an amazing job. Yes, as a performer, but amazing. Some things are meant for the stage. Yeah, I mean, it just made me wish I could see James Earl Jones do that role me too. when he originated it. I mean, like, ugh, that would have been amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Fontabulous, your thoughts on the plays? I think they're great. I wondered if Ibsen would be someone. I know they they just did the seagull. Yeah. Now the uh, you know Ibsen and uh, Russian playwrights influence these, but I again you are absolute Chekhov. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's just that I want to give the basic starting point. And this we can give more, like is. a 102 yes. at some point. But exactly. 101, this is your cheat sheet. At the yeah. very least, if you want to be in this, start reading some plays. Here are the ones to start yeah. with. Yeah, But good good recommendation also, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many. It was really hard to. The only thing I would say that I was, you know, it is still very uh, patriarchal 
sect. I don't really see a lot of prominent female. female playwrights. Yeah. I've seen other actors, actresses, directors, things like that, but playwrights I, I don't see a lot. So I did try to look some up that were prominent, but there weren't as many as I would have hoped. So I'm not dismissing women at all. Just know that. I'm just trying to go with the ones that people will know and talk about and it, have built the foundation. It's we have been a dominated long way by to white go. men for a long time, yes. for sure. Yeah. But we, another thing uh, going off of these, like when Jeff said, are there a few more or other people? Think about movies. Think about all the movies you've seen before. If somebody said to you, I like movies, which one should I watch? Right. What are important? Like, yeah. There's so just been so many. I don't think people realize how many plays there are. Yeah, like, exactly. There have There's been tons. so many. There's tons, and that's why I'm just trying to break this right. down as a exactly how you put it, a one on one. All right, then watch movies. So now we're gonna try to do the now thing we're that gonna has do so the many. thing you just said, <laughs> and this is only from an acting perspective. I'm gonna touch on you know movies that you should know. We're going to do a whole episode on that of how to deepen your knowledge of the movie and television industry. But right now, again, the 101, and I'm really focusing on actors. So number one, watch Marlon Brando's movies. He was considered the greatest American actor for decades. Streetcar Named Desire, On the Waterfront, and The Godfather. If you can watch those three, you will see Streetcar Named Desire. You'll see how he's different approaching realistic acting versus the other actors on the waterfront they get a little more realistic like him and by godfather everybody's on a completely different level and that's only 15 years later he revolutionized acting um then i'm gonna say meryl streep and she's been around forever but if you had to just pick two and again i'm doing two sophie's choice early dramatic work and Florence Foster Jenkins. Interesting choice. Character, but deep character work that I want to show the range of what she can do. I know, of course, of course there's so many. Yeah. So, so many, but I'm just giving you a step in the door. Daniel, She's overrated. Yeah, of course. You know what? I have to be honest. I was not a fan. Was of Meryl not Streep? A, for like 10 years, really? I was like, oh, she doesn't do theater. She doesn't. And I was completely wrong. And then I thought, okay, I'm crazy. Are you and watching? And I became a huge fan. Her daughter on True Detective right now? I am not. Is that is this season good? It's really good. Okay. Mahershala Ali. The is second so good. season, I was so into the first season. No, the season's really good. You got to get in. Okay. I will. All right. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, one of the greatest American actors right now. Uh, My Left Foot. And Lincoln, too. He is the master of character study. So those are very, very different. But watching that is so, in, those two will inspire anybody. And then my last one, my, she's, I just love her so much now. And you can see her and Meryl Streep have become good friends. And they were so sad. Like she was sad when Meryl, or Meryl Streep was sad when she beat her in the Oscars a couple of years ago. And oh, they're just woe such... is her. Woe is no, Meryl no, no. But you could no, you could tell like they're such good friends. You know, they just got to be fantastic. And How do you know she's actually sad? She could have been acting. Oh, you're so. How right. do you know they're really friends? It's I don't all an act. Know. It's all an act. Uh, the Truman Show. So uh, Viola Davis, uh, The Help, and Fences, two very different type of performances. Um, one. Uh, very submissive and the other well both strong but 
you know, both strong with powerful in different ways. ways. But she's just phenomenal. And the reason I love her is because she is the reason that we get into it. And we're pure of heart because she does not worry about what she looks like in the fence in fences. She has a crying scene where just tears and snot and just same thing on our show all the time. Just she's just a phenomenal, phenomenal new actress and current. And uh, I, I love her. So if you can just start to watch some of their work, all of these things will help you get to understand theater movies the way acting is done. And then uh, just two TV shows. I'm can so you, excited to hear you explain this to me. Two TV shows and that's it. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, I poured over this. Now, of course, I am not saying only watch two TV shows. But if you don't watch any, I think, number one, it's important to watch. And I don't think you'll argue me on this one. I Love Lucy I for think comedy. This is very, very essential. Essential if you're going to study TV. Mr. Fantabulous, thoughts on I Love Lucy? Totally agree. That's the first real multicam sitcom, right? It, it, Desi Arnaz invented the multicam yeah. system. And just learning about Lucille Ball's journey and her journey with the, as a producer. and oh, the, 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 They both you can revo- study, that, the, that couple yeah. revolutionized television, mm-hmm. hands and down. I know we'll talk more about single cam and multicam. So for yes. your listeners, if you're a little confused, we will get to it. But what's crazy to me is how little the pacing and jokes and setup of multicam has changed. If right. You look, like, I Love Lucy ages so well it's it's still funny and the style is still the same if you look at yeah. mom on cbs it's sure. the same setup punchline yeah style of acting and yeah. i love when they've they've been putting out the um colored version like they go back and they right. have been going through and painting and doing yeah. all that oh it's so cool what they yeah. how they've rendered yeah it, it, i'm not a big fan of coloration i i just think it's cool that they can yeah it is i'm not the saying technology. it's the way to watch it but yeah at watching things come to life in a different way in a different way. wild yeah it's pretty great so okay so drama right so I'm this uh, this is where this I is where, okay so this is why i picked it uh, I was saying any Law and Order, Law and Order SVU or regular Law and Order here for several reasons. Uh, you know, I was almost Sopranos or Game of Thrones or so many. The Wire. There's so so Mad Men. I'm a huge fan of. But the only reason I picked this is be- for several reasons. One, this TV show literally killed the courtroom drama from theaters because you used to say, well, if I can see it, a better episode, a better courtroom drama. In one hour at TV at home, why would I go to the movies and pay to see a courtroom drama? Then it's a procedural, meaning, you know, there's detectives trying to figure things out. But where the acting and the meat comes in is the guest stars and their stories. And they don't, ha- they don't wrap up everything in a nice bow all the time. There's things that are left hanging. There's times that they have a case that makes you feel horrible that it ended that way, feel great that there was justice. It kind of goes all over the place, but it does it encapsulated in one hour every week. So you get the procedural, which is a lot of drama on television right now, plus you get really great acting where Viola Davis popped on one of these Law & Orders. That's how she got popular as being a witness on one of these shows. Uh, so Have that's you been the on, only. Oh, I wish I, I... It's my dream. It's that, my dream to be on, like... Dream? 
It's one. I mean, it's one a of dream. a dream, right? Uh, to be on any of the Law and Orders, because I mean, so many of my friends have been on. I feel like we can make this happen. Let's make it happen. What's our hashtag? We got to push for this. Uh, hashtag. I don't know. Sean. Uh, Sean, Sean Law and Order. Sean Whalen the Law. Sean Whalen. Yeah. Law. And, the L&O. irony, Sean, is I almost feel like you're too famous now for Law and Order in a way. Maybe no, not. No, no, no. Let's call no, it. No, I'm right Law kind of Whalen. in the yeah Law Whalen. I'm I'm definitely in the wheelhouse. Sean Lawwin. Yeah, I mean, listen, my friend. I, I thought, oh, they always use New York actors, but my friend Rebecca Kennedy, great actress, she got picked to do an SVU and got flown out to New York. So I was like, ooh, it's opening up. I got to get on that show. Thank you. There we go. Uh, so that's I think we the, can do it. It's a very strange, and it, and it's also network and popular, so easy to find. If you don't have a subscription to HBO and things like that. So those, those are the other reasons I picked it. But I am not saying it's the best drama in the world because I don't think there is such a thing. There's so Prevalent. many. Just, I just think it's if you're getting into it, it's a good thing to watch, to watch all the guest stars. 101. Yeah, 101. Just very simply 101. The other thing I like, Sean, is it gives you the chance to see a new character... Right. It's hard. You can't hop into Game of Thrones and really study these characters if you've never seen them. But yeah. every Law and Order will have one new character that you can watch through the whole episode and trace their arc. Right. Exactly. And you could, you know, you could watch three and get some really great stories, and then jump ahead a couple seasons, and you're still, you know, you're going to be on track. It'll be fine. So those are just just simple ways to start getting your foot in the door, studying what actors do, studying storytelling, um, and really just, you know, immersing yourself in studying human behavior and opening yourself up to looking at things in a new way. And the only thing I would add is, just like in our studying behavior, when you watch these movies and TV shows, also see how it makes you feel. A Law and Order episode that might make you cry. A Law and Order episode that might make you angry, angry, or extremely happy, or how hard you laugh at "I Love Lucy," or how frustrated you are at "Streetcar Named Desire." Open yourself up. That's the other part. Start to open yourself up to how you feel. Acting is feeling. So that's Stella. my. <laughs> yes, exactly. That did is... I get the job? Did I get the part? Uh, we'll call you. So, mm. uh, <laughs> so, Mr. Fontavis, thoughts on the 101? I love it. I'm, uh, I'm feeling jazz. I, I want to go watch some Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's I feel really the same good. way. Jeff. Yeah, it's really, really great. Let's do a marathon. All right. Heck yeah. So we always end up with a quick story from the set, a story where I was on one of my projects, and this one I'm talking about. Fabulous Tim Burton and Batman Returns. So this was the second Batman movie. The first Batman movie just blew through the roof, Michael Keaton. Um, And the second one uh, had Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, and it took place in winter at Christmas time. So they had a huge, huge soundstage that was Gotham City's Town Square. And I played the paper boy. Where is this? At Warner Brothers. And I played on the, lot. the newspaper guy, and it was in summer. So you know how you walk through those plastic strips when you go into a freezer? You'd walk through three of those, and then it would literally be 32 degrees on the soundstage, and they had winter stuff so, they, so people could see their breath. 
So wow, it was humongous. It was a whole town square in one soundstage, and you'd be in 95-degree valley weather, and you'd have to put on your winter clothes, and you'd walk in, and it was freezing. And it was so crazy. And so I was in this area all the time because I'm standing there with the newspapers. I had an opening line with Albert the butler telling him. So basically my part was to be the voice of the city. So how I'm react, how we're reacting to, you know, crazy penguin creatures spotted in the sewers and, you know, things to kind of be the skeleton of the story every once in a while to check in how the city is viewing everything that's happening. And they do it through me, the paper boy. So I had an opening line, Albert, the Butler walked up or was about to walk up. And I was saying, you know, shouting my pitch for the newspaper. And for some reason, I just, this line started to escape me and I started to get kind of nervous. And then I started flubbing it. And it was such a huge set that Tim was so far away. Like I couldn't see him and in his place, these executives came in from Warner Brothers looking. And when they heard me messing up, and I wasn't one of the big stars, they started looking at their watches and shaking their head and whispering to each other, which is the worst thing that you could do to an actor. Yeah. I literally almost fell down. And this is while you're – this is rehearsal or this is this filming? This is like shooting. This is shooting. They would go, okay, action. And because it was a huge crane shot that found me in the street – they couldn't just go, okay, just keep going. We'll cut into it. They couldn't. They had to pull everything back and start again every and you time had to do I messed multiple up. Takes. And so I started, I messed up a few times. And then I literally, he, I think Tim saw me, like I leaned against the fence and I, and I think I was about to faint. Like I was so nervous and these stupid executives are staring at me. And he walked over and he said, So listen, what's going on with this line? Tell me what it is. And I said, Okay. Uh, I told him, he goes, that's a little unnatural. Would you say it that way? And I go, no. He goes, how would you say it? And I changed the line to how I would say it, nailed it. And he goes, well, then just say that. And I go, are you sure it's okay? He goes, yeah, of course it is. And as he's walking back to his chairs, he sees the executives and he goes, you guys are out of here. Goodbye. And he kicks all he the executives. kicks out the executives. You got Tim Burton to kick out the yeah. execs. Well, because, well listen, it's, it's not – it's the craft. It's not comfortable. It's, it's, the craft is being vulnerable and open and relaxed, and you can't do that when you're getting pressure from the business side. So he sat back there. I start nailing it. Everything's great. Albert walks up, and then he starts screwing up his lines over and over and over again. And, and so Tim walks over and just goes – uh, what's with the vortex of crap lines? Like, I don't know what's going on. But what was so what do you great... What you guys feel? Like it wasn't your fault? Well, no, my God, it was such a relief for me. Yeah. I was like, yes, it's not just me. And it was such a great experience because I thought, oh, it kind of do- doesn't matter. And it's about the process. Let's, we got to find what works. The way you were saying, the reason you weren't doing well is because it doesn't work. So it was really great to find out that as I was saying at the beginning of the show, what we do is important, but the process doesn't have to be life-changing. It's, we can find it. It's fine. Relaxed doing the process, but the finished project is something powerful and meaningful. But it's interesting so, you didn't just change the line by yourself because – I you, was too new. Yeah. It was like my – you know, it was – Well, you, even at this point, if you're on a Tim Burton set, I feel like – Right. You would have to – at this point, I would walk around and go, can I – Say something. This line seems very weird. Can I say it like this? He'd go, sure. And I go, great. 
but I yeah. was so new. I was so young and new. But he also made it seem very relaxed. So the process is not a big deal. We can always find it, but the finished product is something powerful. A different episode, you're going to have to talk to us about that audition process and how you got that gig. Oh, that's a fun story. I, I kind of got in his face. It was really fun. I was Because I was going to be... Have you ever seen that movie, Mr. Fantabulous? You know, I've seen the... First Tim Burton Batman, but I've never seen Returns. Jeff, it's really good. Love, Big Fish is my favorite movie, so I love Tim Burton. Yeah, he's Jeff is my di- producer on DC Movie News. We're and gonna, I'm we're, sorry, we've got some but, talking to do. Yeah, and I'm sorry, Danny DeVito's never been better. Like never to me, as as he was as the Penguin. And Michelle Pfeiffer was insanely good. She was. It was really she great. Was. And the funny thing was, he kept me on the payroll for three months because he thought we may come back to him. So I got paycheck after paycheck for weeks, uh, and. I wasn't, and I could do other projects and everything. And then when we had the rap party, he was welcoming everybody, and he goes, "Oh, Sean, Sean Whalen. The reason the accounting department hates me because I paid you for months that you never worked." And I was like, "Sorry." I was like, "Sorry," but helped the little residuals, and it was great. So uh, it was just a really good lesson, and we can figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's not a big deal. We'll figure it out. There's no reason to take it's it all not in the burden. Brain surgery. Right, right. When you have the right people and it's a collaboration trying to move towards something, that's it. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for having us today. Uh, hope this was helpful. Mrs. Phenomenal. Mrs. Oh. Who did I get married to? Uh, Mr. Phenomenal, obviously. Oh, my God. Point me in the right direction, <laughs> Will Sean. do. Where can we find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Mr. Funtabulous. Uh, thank you. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. I do some hosting here, so check that out. Yep, and at that guy SMW for Professor me or Wise. Facebook. Yeah, I know. We haven't used my tag. Very I know. Much. Oh, well. Well, as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 